Fan Junkies Radio is brought to you by FanJunkies.net, where sports meets social networking. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another exciting episode of Fan Junkies Radio. I am your host, Jonathan Ragus, alongside me as always, Mike McShane. Mike, what's going on, bud? Hey, how are we doing today, Jonathan? Everything good? Doing good, man. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, a little tired, you know, it's Friday. Yes, it is Friday, and I know you had a long night last night. Long night, yes. yes as usual, correct. <laughs> oh, man, let me tell you. Long night, long days, man. So. Yep, yep. Um... Just want to first, before we do anything, I want to thank uh, Jim Williams for uh, jumping in and uh, covering me on Wednesday. Really appreciate it. Jim, a uh, great friend to us here at Fan Junkies Radio, and he will be covering for me on Monday as well. So uh, Absolutely. Jim. Jim's a great guy. Jumped in there on short notice. Always does a fabulous, fabulous job. Over there at CLW83 as well all the time. Absolutely. And Wrestle Chat Radio right here. That's right. Oh, man. Let me tell you, Mike, it's a crappy day here on the East Coast, man. Well, we can't complain. We had some beautiful ones there for a couple of days in a row. My gosh, it reached almost 90 degrees the other day. Yeah, I, but that's the thing, man. I mean, like, what a tease, man. We get 89-degree weather on Wednesday, and today it's in the 40s and, and, yeah. and pork raining, man. I just, <laughs> it's not fair. It's spring, man. That's what we have to deal with. It's springtime. Yeah, it is. What are you going to do? All right, man. Well, let's get into our hat trick picks here real quick, Mike. Um, fortunately for you, I wasn't around, so you didn't have to uh, lose to me on Wednesday. No, and I'm trying to remember what did I I did make pick. You know, let's see. You know, and son of a gun, don't you know? I'm looking at my records here. Wednesday, I actually pulled a hat trick. Did you really? Yes. <laughs> three and I was three and Last night, I went one and two. But wouldn't you know, I would pull a hat trick. Uh, but at this point, I think I am ahead of you. At this point. No, we were four four, weren't we? Uh, we were four four on uh, the eighth. I pulled a hat trick. That's we right. Were, you did the next day. So uh, I am now ahead five to four. Wait, so you got a high trick on Monday? Eighth on the eighth, whatever. What 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 day was the eighth? Let me go back. I'm looking. Um, yeah, it was Monday. Monday. Yep. So we had the first and so third. I pulled question. a hat trick on the eighth. I pulled a hat trick on the tenth on Monday and Wednesday. Mm-hmm. That don't count. I wasn't here. I know. Um, I had the first and third questions correct on Monday. Did we have the same questions there? Uh, we had the uh, we had different answers. I think I think that was right. We had a different answer for the second question. Okay. Just making sure. I can't remember. Yep. Oh, you know me. I keep accurate uh, count of things over here. Oh, good man, Mike McShane. Good man. Well, so let's get into our questions for today. All right. First one is which team will win between the St. Louis Blues and the Columbus Blue Jackets? Yeah, I'm going with the uh, Blues on that. Um, they're I I I think they're pretty much. Uh, almost a lock for playoffs, but you know it's, they're, they're still kind of on the uh, on the bubble. So, got to go with the Blues on that one, despite the fact it's a road, a road game for them. Actually, go with the Blues as well. And as everybody heard, we have uh, Cody, the Wonder Dog, in studio with us today. There you go. Uh, which team will win between the Ottawa Senators and the New Jersey Devils? Senators are favored on one uh, out of the on the Vegas line, uh, but 
Devils are at home, and again, they're a team that is on the precipice of the playoffs. I'm going to go with the Devils. I'm going with the Senators. Okay. Devils haven't looked good as of late. Um, Will Duncan Keith of the Chicago Blackhawks have an assist against the Detroit Red Wings tonight? He's got 20 right now in 39 games played, and I'm saying no. I'm saying yes. Wow. Mm-hmm. Going all out there today, Mike. Patrick, for me, I see coming. I have to uh, tie here, man. Good luck with that. All right, man. Uh, today in sports. Today in sports, you know, there's been a lot of chat about uh, uh, African-Americans in uh, baseball in the past couple of days. First with the movie 42 coming out. Uh, and then on uh, Wednesday, uh, Jim and I were talking about that uh, kind of what we thought was kind of a, a blue smoke and mirrors task force that uh, Bud Selig's putting together to uh, take a look at how you can get how they how we might be able to get more African Americans involved in the game of baseball. Uh, so mine has an African American uh, tone to it. Today in 1966, Emmett Ashford became the first African American major league umpire. Whoa, yep. that's a good one. I wasn't expecting that. I thought you were going to go with a player there, man, but wasn't expecting that. So there you have it. That's our that's our today in sports. That's history right there, man. What, what have you seen on this 42 movie? I've I've read mixed reviews. I'm hearing very, very good. You know what I get the sense on, uh, Jonathan? I get the sense that people don't want to criticize it. I, you know what, man? I, I saw the coming attractions. I liked what I seen. I started to hear the soundtrack. That really kind of pulled me away from it. Um, I do want to see the movie. I would not, though, spend money to see it in the movie theater. I will wait for it to come out and uh, be on HBO or even Netflix or whatever uh, before I watch it. But I do want to see it. Yeah. I definitely want to see it. And I think, you know, it's uh, you know, you know, been a long time coming to actually make a movie yeah. um, about Jackie Robinson. Uh, you know, there was a couple of tries at it years ago, but it really didn't do anything good. Um you know, big you know, big motion picture. So, uh, you know, definitely want to see. I, I, I like watching all sports movies, and uh, we'll see what happens. I, I listen. You know, what the whole hip hop flavor to it just kills it for me. So, yeah, I, I'm just getting the kind of sense uh, to it that because of the nature of the subject, you know, because of the story and what have you, critics are hesitant to actually be critical. <laughs> um, I noticed New York Daily News. I think gave it five stars. So, okay. um. You know, but I think, like you said, uh, you know, people could be, you know, harsh to uh, criticize it because they, you know, watch it out for themselves. So we've seen it before, you know. So I don't know what's happening. But, you know, definitely looking forward to seeing it. Do you want to see it, Mike? Well, I I think, like yourself, I'm not running to the theater uh, at the moment right now. Um, You know, know, like you, I'll probably wait for it to come out on, like, DVD or something to that effect, and then we'll check it that way. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, no, it's definitely, I mean, like you, uh, if it's a sports film, I'm going to check it out. Yeah. Talking no. about the uh, the hip hop soundtrack, John Leary from Sports Blogger Radio just wrote to us. He said, "I don't think Slay would make a good soundtrack to a Jackie Robinson movie. <laughs> uh, don't think Slay would make one either. But you know what? There are you know bands out there who uh, you know still go to that old flavor of uh, music. You know, you could put some jazz music in it. Uh, you know, you got Harry Connick Jr. I mean, you know, th- you know there are." Other means of music to put into that movie that was based around that time, Mike. Yeah, I was uh, gonna say. I mean, you were using uh, Jay Z and uh, you know what all these hip hop artists. I mean, listen, if you if you if you want to make it more new school, 
then make it about somebody else. You know what I mean? Make it about uh, you know some fictional guy. You know, don't you know? Don't use uh, Jackie Robinson for it. So. Yeah, music of the era, I guess, actually makes more sense. But uh, maybe also the thinking was that that would make it a bit hackneyed or trite. You know, because yeah. that's what you would expect. So instead of going with what would be expected, go with something that would be a little bit off. Pardon, pardon my, pardon my language. I was just going to say off color. <laughs> no, it's yeah. It, it, I, I did, yeah. I did. No pun intended, right? Didn't, didn't, yeah, I didn't mean it quite that way. But. Yeah. Oh, of course. <laughs> um, you know, it's 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 interesting. Like I said, I like to see it. Uh, you know, I've seen old martial art movies from the '60s and '70s, and when the Wu Tang Clan got their hands on it, Mike. Um, you know, listening to them uh, redub the movie with uh, new subtitles and uh, new language and everything, and all of a sudden, as they're about to, uh, you know, make love, uh, 36 Chambers of Death gets blasted on it. Uh, you know, a little weird. So I, I hope that doesn't have that sort of feel with this movie. Um, you know, you're watching something from the 50s, man, and all of a sudden Jay-Z starts rapping. It's just... Yeah, yeah. It doesn't work well with me, man. You know, it's just, you know, that's that whole era. You know, I, I think you needed to... Uh, you know, you could have used even music from that era if you didn't want to use, uh, you know, like John said, uh, you know, a Harry Connick Jr. or a Michael Bublé or something like that that sings that kind of crooning and, you know, get some jazz artists. But they made the decision. But I'll still watch it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Staying with the MLB feel here for a little bit, we got a couple of things to talk about. Um, yeah, we do have a guest uh, that we're yes. we've scheduled for today. So we're, we're expecting them to be jumping in with us, I guess, what, around 1240. Mm. Um, Dan Borden, uh, I met, brought this up on uh, Wednesday that I was trying to get him. I brought it up when Jim was on, uh, Dan Borden, who, uh, kind of the spokesman, I suppose, if we want to say that, I'll, I, I guess maybe I'll, when we get him on the air here, we'll find out exactly what his, I guess, quote unquote title is with the, uh, group Rage Against the Marlins. And he's, uh, he, he's part of that group that, uh, got chucked out of the, uh, Ballpark, uh, uh, Marlins Park, on I believe it was Monday night during the home opener, uh, when they hit the turnstiles wearing T-shirts and carrying signs protesting against uh, their ownership, Jeffrey Luria, and uh, they uh, got removed from the ballpark before they ever made it to their seats. Yeah, so, I think uh, uh, I think they were the first people to be thrown out of a stadium for shirts that looked like uh, you made them at an art class in uh, fifth grade. So. <laughs> But no, you know we're going to do our journalistic duties. We, you know we 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 definitely want to know uh, what their reasoning is behind it, and uh, you know also if they're going to be like most other fans and are just doing this for the thirty seconds of fame and will disappear next week, as we've seen from so many people who have done petitions. Um, once again, uh, you know, looking at their petition, they need about ninety nine thousand plus signatures by May eighth to get to the 100,000, and at the moment, I don't even think there's 100,000 Marlins fans out there, Mike. Yeah, well, I guess that's why they're counting on some folks from outside the region, you know. Uh, I Well, I, I mean, you know, there was a report this morning I just read uh, over on Hardblood, uh, uh, Hardball Talk. Uh, uh, the Marlins, Marlins attendance right now, down 11,000 on average per game from last year at this time. Uh, and in fact, their TV ratings, of which I believe there's a, a, a special network just for the Marlins. There's a, they have their own network. Does it get blocked out on their own uh, network? Well, the, the ratings, 1.8 is what the ratings are. They're, nobody's even watching them on television. Is that the Texas Nashville network? <laughs> I don't know what the I don't know what the network is. So like I said, it was over on. Uh, in fact, do I have it up here? Actually. 
it's uh, I can pull it up in a couple of minutes. But well, uh, yeah, they're they're not even getting the ratings on their own uh, network, and that that was the thing that Loria, you know, getting that TV contract was part of his big windfall. Yeah, you know, so uh, no one is watching the Marlins on TV either. Yeah. Marlins attendance is down eleven thousand fans per game compared to uh, this point last season. Marlins' uh, TV ratings have been dreadful. First two home games this week generating a 1.8 and 1.5, comparable to daytime uh, television. Huh. Yep. I don't know. Well, we'll be joined by uh, them a little bit later to talk about um, everything going on over at uh, Rage Against the Marlins. I kept yep. calling them Rage Against the Machine before, but uh, hopefully for their sake they don't get a copyright lawsuit. So. We'll see what happens. Uh, let's. Uh, so we'll be doing by Dan Borden at around 12:40 to uh, talk about this. Uh, we're right. going a little bit longer than an hour today. Um, let's talk about a little bit of other MLB stuff, though. Uh, Major League Baseball has taken an unprecedented step and they purchased the Biogenesis of America documents from a former employee of the South Florida Anti-Aging Clinic, which is also linked to uh, PEDs. And uh, they 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 now have the documents of the players that were linked to Biogenesis, being Alex Rodriguez, Bartolo Colon, Melky Cabrera, Nelson Cruz, as well as some other players and prospects like Gio Gonzalez, Yasmani Grandel, and uh, also Ryan Braun of the Milwaukee right. Brewers. Uh, right. Mike, we've we've spoken about this in length in the past when this broke. Uh, real interested to see what's going to happen now with this. What, it, Mike, from what you read. MLB taking this step and not trying to get this from the Florida Times that broke this story, but getting it now from a former employee, this was a step that nobody thought would be taken. Where, where do you think this goes now? What happens next? Well, this was an end around uh, from what I understand because um, I, I think they were doing it to protect uh, the evidence because apparently there was a report that um, one of the individuals, I guess, players who were implicated in this, um, had already purchased documentation which indicated they were involved in it, and they were purchased those to, in fact, destroy the evidence. Yeah. So this, I think, obviously was uh, Major League Baseball uh, trying to protect the evidence. Um, what I do not understand uh, is why this has not. Uh, gotten into some sort of courtroom yet, whereby a judge could seal the evidence uh, and and prevent it from being tampered with. <laughs> yeah, that's what I do not understand. I don't know if this, you know, if the whole judicial process uh, to doing that is, is just taking too too long, and as a result of that, you know, you have some you have some uh, uh, rather uh, cloak and dagger type type figures coming in here and. Purchasing documents uh, for the purposes of destroying them and shredding them. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, that's what – this is such a hot-button topic that you would think that somebody would have gotten some sort of uh, immediate, quick court injunction to protect the evidence. You know, I, I don't get it. I, I, I don't get it either. Now, let me ask you this. There was – I'd also like to know what may, how much of a major major league baseball paid. Pay. <laughs> um, probably some uh, Milwaukee Brewers season tickets, I would think. Oh, jeez. Um, let me ask you this. Now we're hearing now that there was a player 
trying to buy these documents in order to destroy them, Mike. Correct, correct, and that's why I'm saying I just... So they know that there's a player that tried to do this. Right. My question is, do they now know who this player is that was trying to buy these documents? Do you think when they bought it from this former Biogenesis employee that a part of that deal for this money was that he had to tell them the player who was trying to purchase it? Oh, I, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, to me, I think it probably is irrelevant because if if he was not successful in destroying the documents, well, then obviously he's going to be implicated in all of the evidence that's there anyhow. Now, my next question is, if they do know it, is that an automatic ban for Major League Baseball? Because I think it should be. Um. Well, I mean... Let me say if it was Ryan Braun trying to buy it, or let's say Alex Rodriguez, to purchase those documents and to have them destroyed, that's loads of just tampering and what else you want to call it, because you know MLB eventually is going to, you know, they're suing, uh, you know, Biogenesis and all the stuff to, you know, you know that came out with that Anthony Bosti owner of it. Right away, I mean, is that grounds for an automatic ban? I mean, if you look at other people that have been banned from pro sports, using Pete Rose right now, who really didn't do much in that era, this is some big, big stuff. It is, but because the whole, again, I'm going to go back to the judicial system. Because the whole legal process has yet to begin on this, I have to wonder how much of it is actually considered as we're talking right now, quote-unquote, evidence. Mm-hmm. You know what, you understand, we're, we're kind of in a rather gray area here. Well, it must be some pretty damn big evidence if a player was trying to buy it in order to have it destroyed. Agreed. So his name wasn't going to get leaked out that he was a user of illegal drugs. I would, I would agree with you. Uh, I'm sure there are a lot of players... And, I mean, we keep hearing the same names being brought up over and over and over again. And, and you've got to think that right now there's a lot of players out there that are probably having a hard time sleeping at night. Um, knowing well, that this am is I on this list? Am I not on this list? Exactly. They, you know, right away they said Gio Gonzalez was, was the first one that came out, and he talked himself saying, this is bull. I have no idea what biogenesis is. You know, So uh, you have to wonder if they were just putting names down to say, okay, well, we have a contact to this guy. Let's see if we can get him to start using our stuff. You know, or was he actually using stuff and working with biogenesis? I mean, they, you know, these are the things that Major League Baseball and their lawyers are going to have to go through to see what is actually the truth and what's not the truth. Well, and there you go. What did you? What was the word you just used? The lawyers. Yeah. yeah. Um, the. Uh, Going to be a long time before we find out. I, I'm I'm actually thinking the exact same thing. Here, here's the other question, though, that I throw out there just I guess maybe for the sake of discussion and and controversy Mm -hmm. the fact that Major League Baseball purchased these documents does that in any way now taint the documents and the evidence well here's the thing now Major League Baseball bought this evidence Will Major League Baseball actually even maybe tamper with the evidence so they don't come out looking like fools once again? My point exactly. Uh, at the same time, if that comes out as the case, was this former Biogenesis employee smart enough to keep copies of this evidence to cover his own tail in the scheme of things? 
will that come out at the end saying, no, this was tampered with. I have the correct stuff. I mean, this could just really be a major, major blow for Major League Baseball, Mike. Well, now there's got to be multiple copies of all of this stuff, right? Because Would think so. I mean, listen, if I was that guy who worked for Biogenesis, Mike, and you were Major League Baseball, and let's say Sidekick was a Major League Baseball player, if two of you guys want to buy this stuff either to destroy it, to tamper with it, or to use it for your own things, I'm going to keep copies of it to cover my own tail. Well, let's not forget, too, the newspaper has copies of it. That's where this whole first thing started. They've actually got copies of much of this as well. Major League Baseball was actually trying to get the evidence from them and have been stymied by virtue of, uh, I guess, really First Amendment issues. Yeah. So they've been stymied in trying to get it that way, which is why now their Major League Baseball is doing, as I said, this kind of end around. All right, we're going to go purchase the documents directly from, I guess, what, an informant? At Biogenesis? Well, now, uh, how, uh, how, how does this work? Uh, Biogenesis is still a company that is up and running. It's not in any way, as, as was reported in one report I, re- I read somewhere, they, they, re- they refer to it as a non-shuttered, a non-shuttered business. That's still operating. These reports are coming out right now. You don't think the folks over at Biogenesis right now are running around like chickens without their head going, hey, wait a minute. All of our file cabinets are disappearing. What's going on right there? <laughs> They're empty. Oh, my God. You know, I mean, so you think, you, I mean, it, 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 the whole thing has such a cloak and dagger feel to it, it almost seems a little bit slimy. Yeah. And that's why I'm saying the fact that Major League Baseball would go and actually purchase the documents, the evidence, does that, in fact, now potentially taint it? Because if, if for instance, let's say – this gets to some sort of of uh, courtroom. Would the first objection be from the uh, plaintiff's side? Uh, excuse me, Your Honor, but I question the evidence being submitted into evidence. You know, I, I, I question all of it because it was purchased and it could have been tampered with. Yeah. You, you see what I'm saying? I mean, no, I, I see. I see exactly what you're saying. Yeah, the whole thing just kind of, uh, you know. It, this, so, so basically, MLB buying these documents has opened up a, a totally new can of worms. I think it may have. Yeah. Okay. That's, 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 because that's, now, if you look at it, we have potentially – well, we have three people potentially more having these documents now. We have Biogenesis, former employees. We have maybe an MLB player right. – oh, excuse me. Uh, no, we have the newspaper. We have Major League Baseball, and we could possibly have one or more former – uh, excuse me, current Major League Baseball players who are in possession of these documents. Exactly. So now we've got multiple versions of it all floating around. You know, this is why I'm saying I think at some point or another, a courtroom or some sort of court has to step in and say, okay, enough. We're sealing this. Boom. It's in our control. And, and that's that's where it's got to go. If, in fact, there really is evidence of something Illegal that went on here. Yeah. Uh, rather than have this this stuff floating around out there, you know, for a 007 to come in and grab up. Yeah. You know, uh, it it it's to me it's 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 a, I, again I go back to I'd love to know how much, and see that that's another issue I think could be brought up in a court of law. Um, you know, if, if we were to find out that the Major League Baseball purchased this evidence 
for multiple millions of dollars. So that now at this point right now, there's some sort of informant out there who's a millionaire as a result of ratting out Biogenesis by turning this documentation over. Yeah. Now you really got a taint. Yeah. Well, we do know, or at least it was reported of what was paid for in each case. The New York Times is reporting that the leak has paid former employees, Mike, employees. Remember I said that now. It wasn't just one employee. Multiple. Multiple employees of the clinic for cooperating in its case. The amounts paid in each case did not exceed several thousand dollars. Several thousand. Okay. So let's say they paid three thousand dollars to multiple employees. How many employees did they pay a few thousand dollars to? <laughs> and was these it guys one? Was it two? Was it three? Was it ten? Was it twenty or thirty? Yeah, and what are we are we to believe that these folks are still employees of Biogenesis? No, because they're not. Because Biogenesis is done. So how are they getting access to the information? If, uh, one has to wonder. <laughs> or is it just is it just verbal? And again, if it's paid, if it's paid verbal evidence, then it's not evidence. No, it's not evidence. It's nothing. It's going to be thrown out in the court. Exactly. If it's on paper and documented, it's a different ballgame. I mean, you know, because I can't imagine that. Okay, we've got a mole inside of Biogenesis now. All right, now they, Major League Baseball is going to use that mole to go around and grab up twenty employees from inside that company to go and garner all this information and bring it out in the dead of night and bring it to us. What do you think? Somebody over at Biogenesis isn't going to find, you know, find out? And yeah. then, you know, what's going to happen to those employees? They're out on their ass. That's where they are. Yeah. I mean, for, I was looking at uh, some of the banned drugs that were uh, on the list. The lawsuit is saying uh, testosterone, HGH, and HCG, which is uh, you know a, a known drug that's actually worse than uh, human growth hormone. So. Correct. Correct. I, I I don't know, Mike. It's uh, listen. If if the government intervenes or this does get to be a big court case, what kind of blow is this to Major League Baseball? Oh, I think it's I, it, this could be. Well, I think what you're doing is we're going back and we're going to revisit the old days. Well, is this going to take out the second block at the bottom of that Jenga tower? You know what I mean? Are they going to start swaying Major League Baseball? Is this possibly going to be something that's going to lead to, um, I don't want to say their demise, but lead to them just being tainted forever? I think that's going to depend upon the fan bases, Jonathan. Mm. Uh, here's here's the problem that I'm 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 hearing and I'm sensing, uh, even from fans that I speak to. Um, there's become a malaise with regard to PED usage in almost all sports. Yeah. Uh, in other words, uh, I think that we were all shocked, dismayed, disgruntled, disappointed back in the uh, what late 90s, early late 90s. 2000s, yep. uh, when all of the allegations first came out of Major League Baseball. <clears throat> that was our general sense. Uh, we're now 12, 15 years later, um, and I think that what's happened is we've become desensitized. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I, your question is all going to depend upon the fan base. Yeah. Um, I think that this has the potential of being as big a scandal, if not bigger, uh, than what we saw back in uh, the late 90s. Uh, but the reaction from... Those on the outside of the sport, uh, I don't know if the reaction is going to be as severe. Hmm. 
I don't know. To me, it's, uh, you know, uh, fool me once, you know, shame on you, and fool me twice, shame on us, uh, I think. Uh, well, yeah, but you can't blame the fans if, they're, if they've been fooled on. No, because... no, you can't. But at the same time, how many times are the fans going to suffer for things like this happening? And Major League Baseball not keeping control of it. You know what well, I mean? We've talked about this so many times before, Jonathan. And the bottom line is, it's been going on well, even before, you know, synthetic PEDs. Oh, back yeah, in the ab- absolutely. absolutely. There, there, there were things that were going on in Major League Baseball and potentially other sports for years. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Somebody is always going to try to find a way to get a leg up. Oh, yeah. But here's the thing. In any Major League sport... You never once even heard a whisper of steroid or PED usage, and then all of a sudden, the late 90s hit. You know what I mean? Oh, that's a good point, yeah. It's just, you you never heard those whispers. Where did these whispers all of a sudden start from? I mean, I know where all the Valco stuff, I covered it, I followed it. It's just, it just, and honestly, and it came out of absolutely nowhere. And I think that that's why the reaction from the fan base was as severe as it was back then. Because I think that a lot of us thought it was the last bastion of purity in sports. See, it would never surprise any of us, (coughs) excuse me, to hear about this type of thing coming out of football, even if we had heard it 10 years before. If it had been the mid-80s and we're hearing about it, oh, okay, we'd we'd all, you know, kind of, Oh yeah, shrug, shrug our shoulders and go. Yeah, well that's that that's football. Uh, you know, for God's sake, they've been talking about it in bodybuilding, going back to the seventies. So we we've known about oh, it. Oh, bodybuilding, man. You you know you know I was going on in the freaking late sixties, man. Yeah, well that's my yeah. point. Yeah. Uh, so uh, you know, there are certain sports we've we've known about its existence for a long, long time. Oh yeah. And we were just desensitized to it. I think in baseball. That was one that we still had romanticized as being pure. Hmm. Yeah. Well, we'll see if uh, steroids ever rock the badminton tournaments in the Olympics. So. Dear God. Well, listen. Uh, you know. <laughs> Make those Asian dudes go quicker, man. Hit that. If you recall, there there were there were quite a few athletes uh, that were chucked out of this past summer's Olympics. This summer's Olympics, man. The last bunch of Olympics. Um, but I'm, I'm specifically this past summers, and I remember a couple of them coming from some pretty innocuous sports. Yeah, they, they, they wouldn't have been the sports that you would have uh, expected, you know, like, uh, you know, a high jumper or, uh, you know, somebody running track or a swimmer or something like that. Some of them were coming some from, from some pretty innocuous sports. You know, I'll bet you some of those ping pong players. They're probably juicing for sure. Look at how fast they're moving. <laughs> that's not so. That's speed, man. <laughs> they're smoking angel dust, man. All right, let's go into uh, last night's brawl, Mike, uh, real quick, because uh, we'll probably be joined uh, by the Rage Against the Marlins guys in a little bit. Um, Dodgers versus Padres. Zach Ranky on the mound. Throws a pitch, he hits Carlos Quentin. Now, this is probably the third or fourth time that Carlos Quentin has been hit by Zach Greinke in his career. Carlos Quentin starts to walk towards the mound. Greinke says something. Quentin takes off like an enraged bull right towards Zach Greinke. Puts his shoulder down. What happens? Instead of moving out of the way, Zach Greinke puts his shoulder down to take the impact. Zach Greinke suffered a fractured left collarbone, Mike. Now we hear it all. 
the outrage from fans. We're hearing the outrage from media. We're hearing the outrage from Dodgers manager Don Mattingly. We're hearing it from Matt Kemp. We're hearing it from all of these guys. And the first thing you and I thought of was, what the hell? This is not the first bench-clearing brawl that we've seen in Major League Baseball. Right. What are your feelings on this, Mike? Do you think, number one, Carlos Quentin should be suspended? But at the same time, should both Carlos Quentin and Zach Granke be suspended? And now should Matt Kemp be suspended for his uh, reaction and his interaction with other people after the game? Well, I was going to say, obviously, Quentin and Granke, you know, they're not familiar with the new NFL rule that you're not supposed to put your head down um, when, you know, running through the line. I mean, obviously, they're not aware of that. Look, make no mistake. This is uh, a reaction to the fact that Zach Granke has a broken collarbone and he's going to be out for what, did I read? Six weeks? Easily? Uh, Probably at least, right? Something like that. Uh, That's what this is a reaction to. We have seen so many bench-clearing brawls in baseball in the past over the exact same type of thing. All right? This was a situation where Granky came high on him and buzzed him. Yeah. All right? And he took exception to it, and to the mound he goes. Granky was an idiot for running at him with his shoulder low. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, look, that's that's what this comes down to. This is not an issue, folks. Should uh, Quentin be... Suspended. All right, look, we're, we're living in a different uh, world today where uh, everything is PC uh, and we got to give the impression that we're addressing issues. Do you want to, if you want to uh, uh, suspend him for a couple of games, go ahead, suspend him for a game or two. Fine. Uh, okay, that's not going to change anything. Uh, but for, for there to be fan outrage, like as if all of a sudden, oh, we got to do something about this. You know, this kind, of, this kind of behavior should not be accepted. Oh, please. Listen, it's, you know, it, it, this is as, as, as almost traditional a thing in baseball. We, You and I have both seen black and white footage of this sort of thing. I've seen this. I, I, I've seen hundreds of brawls in Major League Baseball. I, I, you know, not even brawls, Mike, just interaction between a hit batter and the pitcher. Absolutely. That maybe have you know didn't escalate to a point like this, but they got in each other's faces. We've seen it time and time again. Now let me ask you this, Mike: If Zach Greinke didn't get hurt, but instead it was Carlos Quentin that got hurt, would we hear more outrage about it because a pitcher is more? I mean, you have to say more valuable to his team, especially a Zach Greinke, than a Carlos Quentin could be to the San Diego Padres. Yeah, good, good point, Jonathan. I think you make an excellent, very valid point. Yeah. If, in fact, it was reversed, I don't think you'd be hearing the outrage. No. I really don't. I, I Listen, I've seen worse you know brawls. I've seen other people get injured during brawls. I've seen Pedro Martinez throw a 100-year-old Don Zimmer on the floor. Right. I've seen worse. This was not worse. Listen, what happened, happened. Um, Zach Reiki came right out and said, I never hit him on purpose. He always seems to think I'm hitting him on purpose. Well, then stop hitting him. How many times are you going to hit the same player in your career? I don't blame Carlos Quentin for thinking that Zach Greinke keeps targeting him. Oh, I don't either. And, and and listen, whether it's whether it's real or not, perception's ninety five percent reality. He's going to respond to it. Of course. So uh, yeah, if you got hit that many times, right? I mean, uh, he leads the majors. I think uh, being hit by uh, by ninety seven pitches, Mike. Oh, jeez, wow. You know, over the, uh, the, the since two thousand eight, he has been hit ninety seven times. Okay, so he's 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 well above Chase Utley, who always yeah. gets hit too. So Granky uh, has now hit 
Quentin three times, which also included a 2009 beaning that almost led to a fight back then. So, listen, batters know if they're being hit on purpose. You could see the motion of the throw. We've seen so many times guys get hit by accident. They just walk it off. They don't say nothing to the pitcher. Exactly. Pitcher yells out, sorry. You know what I mean? This isn't the case here. This is something totally different. Yeah, you but know? I've, also seen it, I've also seen it the other way, Jonathan, where it was obvious that the pitcher wasn't intending to hit the guy. But nonetheless, uh, the, the, the batter is, is rushing them out. Yeah. Even in a case like that. Yeah. We as purists of baseball say, hey, that's a part of the game. That's what happens. Right, listen, you know what? Dropping the gloves in hockey is a part of the game. Showboating after a touchdown in football is a part of the game. Brawling after getting hit by a pitch is a part of the game. Listen, I, you if, know. if this was the kind of occurrence that we saw on a daily basis. That would be something to worry about. Exactly. Yeah. This would be the kind of thing that I could see fans coming in and going, oh, my gosh. Uh, what's happened to our game here? We got to do something about this. Um, or then that, that's when you start doing uh, roid testing because everybody would be roiding if that's what's happening. I mean, make no mistake. But uh, it, 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 this is not the kind you, you don't see this on a daily basis. No, the reason don't. this makes the news is because it is a rather rare occurrence when you see this kind of thing. And what what attracts us as fans to it? Well, it's the whole mob scene. We love watching this stuff. We sit there and go, oh, my gosh, watch this. Well, yeah. I mean, come on. I don't know. AJ, uh, AJ Ellis of the uh, Dodgers said that uh, a bunch of Padres players apologized for Quentin's actions, saying it's not right, it's not right. I don't believe that. I don't believe that for one second. And yet, who who was it that got into it after the game as they were? Uh, Matt Kemp uh, tried to go after Quentin after the game, and he was actually stopped by um, Clayton Richard, I think his right, name, right, right. from San Diego, and he stopped him. And then police had to break it up. I mean, come right. on, you know. Right. Uh, I understand that there's still some bad feeling. You know, people are uh, perturbed. You know, it's still the heat well, of the man. Right. Well, let Granky call Quentin. Let Quentin call Granky. Let them talk it out. They, you know, they, you know, there's no need for that other stuff. You know. I understand, listen, Matt Kemp, you want to protect your pitcher. Good for you. You know, I mean, that's all we want to see as fans is players protecting their, you know, their teammates. I mean, we, we kill for that in hockey. You know, baseball is a different story, though. Let, you know, let them hash it out. Let it go through the Players Association, whatever, man. That's, you know, what's done is done. Now they're saying, oh, there's such bad blood between the Padres and the Dodgers. No, it shouldn't no, be. If A.J. Ellis was right and Padres players came up to – AJ Ellison said, "We are so sorry for the actions of Carlos Quentin. Where, where is their bad blood then? Yeah, yeah, I agree. With you. Blood between the Dodgers and Carlos Quentin, but there shouldn't be bad blood between the Dodgers and the Padres." Uh, uh, real quick, uh, Jonathan, because I think we have uh, Dan on the line with us. Um, but uh, Quentin, does he? Do you think he gets a uh, suspension? Yeah, I think he does, but it ain't going to be anything significant. Yeah, I I I I, I think uh, three uh, three to five games is going to be the max, and you know what? In one hundred, I think five games would be too much. I think it would be too much as well, but I think that's going to be the max. But anyway, in a, in a hundred and eighty-two game season, especially for the Padres, that's not going to hurt them. So, Agreed. You know. Agreed. But we'll definitely keep everybody. Everybody, calm down, calm down. It's baseball, for God's sake. We'll definitely update everybody on that. Yeah, really. Um. Let's get to our guest, though, and uh, joining us right now is Dan from Rage Against the Marlins. Dan, thanks for joining us, man. Thanks for having me on, guys. 
Hey, Dan. How are we doing today? We're, I'm doing good. How are you, Mike? Good, good. Listen, uh, give us a real quick, um, if, if you could, because uh, I think a lot of people probably have read the story. My gosh, it's been exploded all over the media. Uh, but give us a real quick synopsis of what happened. When was it? Was it Monday night when you guys went to the home opener down there at Marlins Park? Yeah, it was Monday night. Um, we went to the game. <clears throat> we had some T-shirts on uh, that had our website, uh, Rat Marlins, on the back, or Rage Against the Marlins. dot com. And uh, the front of them said, one of them said F Jeff, and the other said uh, Marlins baseball helping other teams get better since 1998, referring to the first time they purged their entire roster. Mm-hmm. Um, we we walked into the concourse. And as soon as we got into the concourse, you know, entered the stadium we started getting interviewed by local news media. And two minutes into this, we I noticed a police officer standing right over my shoulder and, you know, radioing someone in. And I was talking to someone on his radio. Um, and at one point, while I was being interviewed, he leaned in and, and said something along the lines of, are we almost finished here? Which I thought was kind of odd, considering that I was talking to Dave Hyde from the Sun Sentinel, who's, you know, a very reputable reporter down here. Yeah. Um, so we finished uh, our interview with them and we started walking to our seats and long story short, before we ever made it to our seats, uh, we were stopped by, um, Miami Dade police officers. And we were told that, uh, we were, we had to stay right there and, and wait for a Marlins representative to come talk to us. You know, we said, what have we done wrong? You know, the police officer said, well, you know, I don't know per se, but they want you, they meaning the Marlins, I guess, want you to stay right here. We said, can we go to, can we just go to our seats? We'll turn the shirts inside out. We'll give you our sign. I said, no, you have to stay right here. Um, so no representative showed up and, you know, the police told us to come with them. So we think we're going to talk to a representative when in fact they just end up, end up leading us down a flight of stairs and out the door. Mm-hmm. And, and David Sampson's official release, he quoted as saying that we were kicked out for two reasons, one being that we were being unruly and making some noise later in the game, but it wasn't later in the game. It was like the second or beginning of the third inning, and we hadn't even got to our seats yet. Right. And then he also states that we refused to show our ID to the cops when we were never asked for our ID while we were inside the stadium. It was only when once we were already kicked out of the stadium, standing outside of it, that they said they wanted our names. And at that point, of course, we refused because we were already kicked out. Right. Hmm. Let so, me go- uh, are you guys banned from the stadium now, or what? Um, not that I know of, but uh, I haven't tried to go back, so yeah. I'm let not me sure. let me ask you about the the timing of this um of this particular event from when you said you hit the you hit the concourse and two reporters approached you. Uh, was that completely like a spontaneous thing? They saw the shirts, they came up to you. Or was yeah. that in some way or another planned? I mean, that seems a little odd that there would have been two reporters standing right there at that particular moment when you guys come walking in. Um, I believe uh, they were standing there, you know, looking for, you know, some fans that were going to, you know, be voicing their opinion a little bit. Because Dave Hyde's article he wrote uh, for that opening day um, earlier that day, I believe it was, uh, I believe the title of the article was Anger is in the Air mm-hmm. or something along those lines. So I mean, he spotted us and they and they approached us. You know, I think he could he could see the passion that that we had behind this whole thing, and, and that's what really intrigued him. 
Now, your your move, I, I, you know, I, I kind of in the past couple of days, I've referred to it as a movement, uh, the Rage Against the Marlins. And I, I'm going to be perfectly blunt with you, Dan. I'm I'm right there with you. I, I mean, uh, I, I I'm a Philadelphia guy. All right, I'm up here in the in the Philadelphia region. I'm a Phillies fan. The Marlins are in my own division. But I'm telling you right now, I have been out on record as saying this guy, Jeff uh, Luria, is a scumbag. All right, and I think he's got to go. Um, well, I we saw your uh, I saw your rant. I saw oh, your yeah. rant, Mike, on the Marlins, and you you really did your homework. It was excellent. Thank you. I got to well, say, it was great. We actually put it on our website. Yep. Yeah. Well, so listen, we're all Annalise fans story. here. We're all Annalise fans here. Mike's a Phillies fan. I'm a Mets fan. So we we feel your pain, man. We know a lot well, about you. Know, so. You know, he's not just bad for the Marlins. He's bad for baseball as a whole. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. No doubt about it. Now the your movement, uh, the rage against the Marlins. When did this all start? Like you've got a web, obviously you have a web presence, uh, you have a Facebook presence, uh, you've got Twitter handles. When did all of this start? I mean, the timing on my rant goes back to November when he first went in there and, and firebombed the team. Uh, when did okay. when did your when did your movement start? Well, right uh, around that same time when he. Um when he traded the, you know, our whole team to Toronto, basically, right. uh, me and me and my good friend, John Gardner, who I started the website with, you know, we were just really upset about it. And I, I came up with the idea for the T-shirt, Marlins Baseball, helping other teams get better since 1998. That's great. And, and from <laughs> the T-shirt idea, we actually spawned the idea for the website. Now, um, the website was designed by our friend Sean Sordo, um, you know, for free in his spare time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, we weren't really anticipating it to take off as it did, um, but, you know, we, we actually created our Twitter handle that the night of the night we got kicked out. Okay. Okay. I, th- and and I thought it was... up to, I believe, 450 followers. Yeah. I, I thought it was rather, rather, uh, rather creative, actually, uh, which the Twitter handle is... R.A.T. Marlins, which if you read it outright, it's Rat Marlins. Um, the uh, you've got a petition up. Uh, it's over on WhiteHouse.gov. Yes, the uh, link the, to the petition is on our website and okay. our Facebook page and on Twitter. And the Facebook page is also, I believe, it's R.A.T. Marlins. Is that what it is? Um, the Facebook page is just Rage Against the, the Marlins. And the fa- but the website is R.A.T. Marlins. Uh, we have RageAgainstTheMarlins.com. We also have RatMarlins.com. Okay. And, the, you know, the website was basically designed uh, as, a, as a place for disgruntled Marlins fans such as ourselves to just, you know, have a place to come and, and voice their views, their opinions, and just their overall disgust with, with what Jeffrey Laurie has done to this town. Yeah. Well, I don't blame you. I mean, that's I, I, I think it's uh, <laughs> I think it's due, too. I would love to see that you've got a whole load of people over there voicing their displeasure at this guy, as you heard from my rant. Yeah. Let me go to the petition, though, for a moment. Um, your petition, which, again, I said is up on WhiteHouse.gov, which I found a rather odd place to find the petition, but you're actually calling for legislation to remove Jeff Loria as the owner of the Marlins. Now, let me ask you a question. Is that a sincere wish on your part, or is this kind of more of a just a – uh, look, let's see how many we can get. 
because if we get enough people that really want legislation, well, then maybe we'll convince, you know, somebody over in the MLB headquarters to do something about this guy. I mean, legislation, I, I, do we really want the government going in and, 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 and addressing this? Well, part of the legislation was, um, you know, basically if, if a stadium is publicly funded, then there, there has to be some set of, of guidelines that are followed. Mm-hmm. You know, to where you to where you can't just purge an entire roster after you get what you want, and you know our overall goal really with the website, the, the petition, and everything, is just to make enough noise in the hopes that something changes for the better. Yeah, because well, something needs to change, and we're not the only ones that feel this way. I, I uh, all of South Florida feels this way, I believe. Yep, I yeah. I, I don't blame you. I, I mean, I I agree with you one hundred percent. Um. Uh, Jonathan, go ahead, Jeff. You had a question. I, I, I just lost my train of thought. I had one one other thing. I well, wanted. you know what? I, you know, I was I was just thinking to myself. Um, you're a lifetime Marlins fan. Um, luckily, you got to see a couple of uh, World Series, but at the same time, sorry for all uh, the disgusting losses and disgusting uh, ownership down there to you. Um, at the same time, David Sampson, the president, came out and um, from what between your story and his, he basically flat out lied, saying that you guys were drinking, you were drunk. Um, being rowdy, whatever, is this going to push you guys to the point where you will no longer be Marlins fans until Jeffrey Loria is gone from this team? Uh, That's a great question. And Actually, on our website, um, the first thing you'll see that pops up on the top of the page, we have a mission statement. And it's very important to us that everyone understands that we are lifelong Marlins fans. Um, We don't condone not supporting the current team, not wearing Marlins apparel, not attending games necessarily. However, we do feel that it's up to every individual fan to interpret, you know, how they want to deal with it themselves, whether they want to boycott the games, you know. Um, but, no, we, we will always be Marlins fans. You know, yeah. if we if we were going to take that route, then, you know, we'd just say screw it, you know, and we just wouldn't pay attention to it. But we want something to change because this is our team. We yeah. love this team. We've, we've, gone, we've, we've gone down to the old stadium, sat in the heat and the rain and watched multiple losing seasons. Yeah, we love, we, love our team. we want everyone to understand that. Yeah, but it doesn't seem that they really care about that, especially Jeffrey Laurie doesn't. Now, if you're blackballed from this organization and banned from the stadium by this organization, is that going to change your mind on things? No, I will always be a Marlins fan. Okay. Dan, always. let me ask you this one, too. Uh, I, I listened to the interview the other morning that you had with, uh, I'm trying to remember his name, Rose. What was no, his name? Rose. First? Yeah. I listened to that interview, and in there, um, you had indicated to him that, you you know, obviously you guys went down to the home opener. Uh, you weren't sure whether, in fact, you'd go to another game any necessarily anytime soon. For for the sake of your movement, wouldn't it be, wouldn't it? Don't don't you think it would be a good idea for you to be a presence almost at every game, whether you're in the stadium or outside the stadium. Don't you think that would actually bring more attention? Yes, Mike, you're right. And uh, we have been uh, discussing some ideas between ourselves um, about going down to the stadium and not not going inside the stadium per se, but but having a presence on the outside. Um, because you know you're right. We we do want to keep we do want to keep this relevant. We we want to keep it in the media. We we want people to we want everyone nationally to realize what what this guy has done. He's he's a crook. He's a swindler, and he ripped off an an entire city. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, however, however, you know I am um, 
a little apprehensive at the same time because after how we were treated the first time when we didn't do anything wrong, you know, what are they going to do this time? Are they going to arrest us? Or that, you know, well, um, we actually have we actually have acquired uh, legal counsel. Um, Andrew Parker Felix of Morgan and Morgan okay. has uh, has taken us on board and is uh, representing us. He mm-hmm. he caught the Marlins reached out to us on our Twitter account, which I thought was kind of funny. Wow! Um, asking us for the for the best number to contact us at, and uh, our lawyer re- responded to them, and uh, we're still waiting to hear back. You don't know what the motive was of their of their contact, you guys? Uh, no, not yet. Wow. Wow. Huh. Okay, so you definitely got to keep us uh, updated on that, Dan. Yeah, that's that. Oh, I, def- be... I definitely will, guys. Are you suspecting that perhaps maybe this might be an olive branch? Does that? Uh, I mean, that's what it kind of gives the impression of, doesn't it? Uh, it does give that impression. However, the Marlins' public relations have, have never been their strong point, so I'm, I'm interested <laughs> to, to see why why they contacted us. You know, when I picture the Marlins' public relations, I picture a, uh, a chimpanzee trying to shove a square into a circular hole. <laughs> hey, that's a lot of uh, professional teams, Nick. I hate to say that, but uh, wow. It, but listen, I'm, I'm going to tell you this now as a fellow sports fan. Uh, Mike and my, myself, we've been in sports media for many, many, many years. We've seen a lot of people do petitions, make websites, go after people. Right off the bat, the fire Glenn Sather rally for the New York Rangers. Uh, T.J. Tully boycott the NHL if they don't return at a certain date, et cetera, et cetera. And there's one common flaw in everybody that does this, and they do not stick to their guns. They don't stay with it. Um, you guys look like you're really empowered by this, and you are going to stay with it. And I'm asking you as a sports fan, stay with it, because we have never seen anybody stay with anything and really get the message across. And it seems to be after a month, maybe a little less than that, everybody usually disappears. But seriously, yeah. stay with it, man, because the Marlins, the Marlins fans need guys like you right off the bat. So, Absolutely. Oh, we, de- we definitely we definitely plan on staying with it, you know. The, we are we're such big Marlins fans, and you know, we realized how bad the team was going to be this year, and it's hard for us as fans to to watch them struggle like that. So the website is really a, a coping mechanism for us, absolutely, as a, way to, as a way to deal with their failures. Yeah, yeah. Um, but a lot of people have been criticizing us. Um, you know, if you want to make a stand, don't go to the games. You know, why are you going down there and putting money in Jeffrey Warrior's pocket? And I want everyone to understand that when we went down on opening night. We made a point not to put any money in Jeffrey Warrior's pocket. We parked off-site um, in someone's front yard. We uh, we got three tickets from scalpers, so you know that scalper had already paid for that ticket. Whether he sells it to us or goes home with it in his pocket, you know it's not going to affect Warrior's bottom line at all. Um, and the other two tickets we got for free from uh, from a friend, and yep. we weren't going to buy anything inside. Not that they gave us the chance to anyway. Right. I I don't see uh, you know I was reading reports this morning attendance for the first couple of games already down by an average of eleven thousand uh, per game. Uh, folks aren't even tuning into the network that he got a windfall from uh, just a year ago when when he signed the contract with that. Uh, apparently ratings are like one point eight one point five for both the games. I I don't know how this guy's going to make any money at all. Well, the um, from my understanding, there's a new TV contract coming into effect next year, and it's supposed to be double what the current contract is worth. <laughs> Who would pay for um, that? I'm, they're going to renegotiate that if you continue to see ratings like this. I would hope this. so. 
<laughs> and then, you know, they also, they also have the, uh, the revenue sharing for, that all the owners get from the league. So, well, sure. Um, I, I think he's going to be making plenty of money. Yeah, well, I guess you'll be seeing more of the games on YouTube next year. So, Let me ask you real quick, uh, Dan, before we let you go. Um, to me, and just analyzing the situation as much as I have, and as you pointed out, I did quite a bit of research on it. Uh, I don't know if you could see a change here until we see a change in the commissioner. The relationship between uh, Luria and Selig is just too close. And that is a very, very, yeah. very dangerous situation. And unfortunately, the folks down there in Miami, you're the ones that are that are really suffering for it. This is why we can't have commissioners with strong relationships with the owners the way we have here. Uh, do you're, you think? You're exactly right. Do you think that you could, in fact, invoke a change even with Selig in uh, in power? Ooh, that's. Oh, that'd be a tough one. Um, I just, I, like I said before, I just hope we, we're, our goal is to just continue making noise until until change comes around for the better, you know. But yeah. you know, you're exactly right because when when John Henry sold the Marlins to Jeffrey Loria for around 130 million dollars, I believe it was, it's worth you know triple that now. Um, he claimed he didn't have enough money to run the team, which is the reason for him selling it. But then he turns around and buys the Red Sox for 600 million dollars. And this was all after Major League Baseball bought the Expos from Loria. Right. So, you know, they're all, they're all in cahoots. Yep. Oh, absolutely. No doubt about it. Yep. No doubt about it. Uh, you know, Dan, let me ask you one thing real quick. Uh, as a lifelong Marlins fan, the new stadium, the change of name, the change of uniforms, and then seeing that trade of Jose Reyes, Mark Burele, Emilio Bonifacio, Josh Johnson, and others going to Toronto – um, did you know right away that this was possibly going to be the demise of your team as you knew it on the spot? Or, Well, we've been through the same type of thing before, and, and right. uh, we've recovered. Um, but, yeah, it, it was it was very upsetting. And then, you know, Gloria comes out. The Marlins just like to lie to people's faces, and they have no remorse for it. For him to come out and tell us that his baseball people said that this was a good trade is just absolutely absurd. Yeah. Because uh, um, I believe it was uh, Jacob Turner or Justin Turner, one of the pitchers they got in the trade, who was supposed yeah. to be one of the better pieces of the trade, he got sent down to, to AAA before the season started. I mean, right. if you can't make if you can't make this ro- this roster, you can't make it on this starting rotation. Yeah, you know, where, where are you going to make it? Exactly. You know, yeah, plus Gloria tries to tell everyone that he spent a bunch of money last year when all those contracts were were backloaded. He didn't spend any money last year. Yeah. Yeah, it, uh, it, was, it was just not a good trade. It, it really wasn't a good trade. Not a good trade. I mean, it was obvious what the intention was. I mean, come on, let's get it straight. I mean, honestly, you guys gave up a lot for uh, who was it? You know, for nothing. It was, that was about it. So. Well, then the Mets turned around and traded R. A. Dickey right. to Toronto and and got the top catching prospect in all of the major, you know, all of the, all of baseball. Yeah. Well, I hate so to say, we couldn't it, get the Mets <laughs> Yeah. He's got a better GM, and he held on, man, and he got a good package for him. But that's the thing, man. Like you said, they're all in cahoots together, man. So That's the problem. Uh, all right, Dan. Well, listen, we'll, we'll definitely keep in touch with you, man. We hope to see you in the news. We hope to see you continue making noise. And uh, yeah, please. something good will happen for you guys down here in Florida. Uh, we will be in touch, though, because we'd like to have you back on uh, in the near future. Um, and hopefully at that time something good will happen. So everybody who's interested and is a Marlins fan or who wants to see what's going on, go to RageAgainstTheMarlins.com. 
Dan, thank you so much for joining us today. We appreciate it. Hey, thank you so much, guys. I'll talk to you soon. Take care, Dan. Bye. Now, hey, you know, it's interesting, man. Dan, uh, you know, knows what he's talking about. Um, definitely not like some of the fans that we've seen in the past, Mike, trying to do this kind of stuff. No, no, I, you know, I, I asked him. I asked him. Uh, passionate about it. Yeah, I asked, I asked him a couple of purposefully kind of tough questions there, and I wanted to see what his resolve was, and that's that's basically what I was doing, was testing to see the resolve uh, that he's got with this. You know, I, as he pointed out, and I don't know, uh, Jonathan, if you've ever actually seen the, the, you know, he made reference to the rant that I did way back in November, uh, and that was kind of a spontaneous five-minute uh, editorial that I went on, where I just absolutely ripped Loria apart. Um, yeah, I haven't had the uh, honor of watching that yet. Mike, but yeah, I, 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 I mean, I am very, very, I feel very, very passionately about this particular topic and this subject, despite the fact, and you know, one of the things I pointed out to Dan when I first got in touch with him, uh, yeah, I might be a Phils fan, but uh, make no mistake, I'm a baseball fan first, and Je- there is nothing, in my opinion, more disgraceful despicable, reprehensible than Jeffrey Loria. Well, Mike, we spoke about him a few times already here on on Fan Junkies Radio. Uh, actually, quite a few times, and uh, we're both not fans of Jeffrey Loria. Um, probably a guy we wouldn't spit on if he was on fire. So uh, No, and uh, I'm going to tell you, uh, that's what I'm pleased to hear with Dan is, uh, you know, and that's what I was querying about was, was the resolve. Does this group have the resolve to keep this, you know, keep the momentum going, keep it in uh, people's, in the forefront of people's minds, and to, and to call for action. Call for action. That's what we need. Well, like I said, you know what, man? If uh, Dan and uh, his buddies and uh, the rest of the Rage Against the Marlins uh, base can get away from the stadium but still be making noise mm-hmm. on something that's not the Marlins' property, they can't do nothing about it. So yep. Um, we've seen that many times before, and that's what you got to do, Dan. Um, you know, go to a piece of property that's not the Marlins. Make sure you're in a spot where Marlins fans are going to be passing you to get to the stadium. Continue to make noise, man. You know, yeah, hand out flyers. It. Let them float around the Marlins ballpark. It'd yeah, be great. We've, we've seen this kind of thing in other in other towns and in other sports. My gosh, we saw it right here in the Philadelphia area uh, last uh, fall. The, the fans lack the passion to keep something like this going, Mike. We've seen this for time and time again. We've had TJ Tully on. We have other people on this show, and they all did the same thing. It, they just it, it just it went to a point where you just didn't hear about it no more, and they gave up. Yep. Um, you know, it's it's you you just got to keep continuing to make the noise. I mean, who knows if the Marlins are gonna you know uh, you know give an olive olive branch out to these guys and say, hey, listen, what can we do to help you guys? What can we do to make a difference? It, with Jeffrey Laurie and Power, there's not gonna be nothing to be done. The only thing that's gonna have to be done is he needs to sell this team to somebody who's gonna care enough about them to make them a winning ball club again, Mike. He's not gonna sell it though. I contend, unless of course not, unless. Somebody up in Major League Baseball headquarters puts some pressure on him. He is not going to sell this. No. Like you said, it's it, it, listen, it's it's him, it's Seelig, they're all in cahoots. We saw the whole mess with the Expos and the Red Sox. Yep. And it was disgusting that that was able to happen. So. Yep, absolutely. Disgusting. Um, let's go with a real quick uh, MLB update here. Uh, let's see, we got uh, Baltimore and Boston at 5-4 and four in the American League East. Kansas City 6-3 and three out in the Central. Eight and two, Oakland A's continue to keep going strong out in the West. In the NL, Atlanta Braves on fire, eight and one, trailed by Washington, who's seven and two. Cincinnati and St. Louis both five and four out in the Central. San Francisco Giants now seven and three out in the West. 
Uh, I've got a couple of games tonight. Interleague, Mets versus Twins, John Neese versus uh, former Philly Vance Worley, Mike. Um, Worley looks good so far for Minnesota. He sure, he sure has. In fact, he had a tremendous outing uh, last time around. Uh, uh, many of the folks here in the Philadelphia area were kind of ruining it, but hey, it, it <laughs> we is want what it is. Take Kendrick. <laughs> listen, listen, it is what it is. Uh, you know, listen, let, I, I, you know, I don't wish the guy any ill will. I wish him all the best. Absolutely. Um couple of good games tonight. We have uh, Orioles and Yankees, Braves and Nationals, Rays and Red Sox. Um, some good ones. You know, Royals and Blue Jays is going to be a good matchup. Uh, Dodgers and Diamondbacks. We've got some good matchups tonight, but once again, early in the season, so we don't want to waste anybody's time with these updates. Yeah, my fills, my fills are heading to Marlins Park. I should have jumped on a plane and gotten down there and seen whether Jeffrey Luria has anything to say to me if I walked into the you park. You could have joined the movement, Mike. Exactly. Exactly. With you, man? Uh, just real quick, since we're talking updates uh, uh, in MLB, and then I'll move off of it. I uh, just wanted to point out to you, Jonathan, watch my Kansas City Royals. That's my sleeper team. I'm champion, 6-3 and three and leading that Central Division. Well, let me tell you, man, I always love rooting for Kansas City, man. Uh, I'm rooting for them this year. They're my sleeper team. I hear you, man. Um, NHL update real quick. Uh, we got Pittsburgh right now. Playoffs, if it started, it would be Rangers versus Penguins. Islanders versus Canadians, Washington versus Ottawa, and the Bruins versus the Maple Leafs out in the East. In the West, Chicago, Detroit, Minnesota, Anaheim, Vancouver, St. Louis, San Jose, L.A. All very, very good matchups, Mike. It's going to be a very interesting NHL playoffs. A um, couple of good games tonight. we got Senators-Devils, as we said. Blues-Blue Jackets. Red Wings-Blackhawks is going to be a very, very good one as well. Um, only five games on the bill tonight for the NHL. Um, uh, real quick, Jonathan, your uh, Rangers now, uh, right now, sitting in the last spot to get into the playoffs. Yes. Uh, in a, in almost a virtual tie with Winnipeg for that last spot. Winnipeg with 44 points, Rangers with 44. Uh, Islanders uh, leapfrogged over you guys the other night. Uh, you guys were in seventh spot. Uh, they leapfrogged over you. Um. That's the way I want it, Mike. You really? Okay, hold oh, yeah. on. You've got. I'd much, got much rather play the Pittsburgh Penguins in the first round than the Montreal Canadiens because the Canadiens own the Rangers, and for some reason, they just can never beat them. They make goaltenders that aren't Carey Price look like Patrick Waugh, man, and it bothers me. You've got eight games remaining in the season. Are you are you feeling fairly secure? that your guys are going to hang in there and make the playoffs. Oh, no, not at all, man. Listen, if they were six points up right now, I'd feel a little more secure than I do right now at a tie with Winnipeg. So, Okay. If they uh, make it, great. If they don't, they didn't deserve it, Mike. So, I got you. I got we'll you. see what happens. Um, let's talk a little NFL real quick. Jeff Garcia, Mike, former Eagle, former 49er. He's been working out with Jets quarterback Mark Sanchez, working on the West Coast offense because, as we all know, former – uh, Philadelphia offensive coordinator Marty Morinwig is now the OC over in New York. So who better to go after than Jeff Garcia? Because he knows Morinwig's style very, very well, Mike. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that was a brilliant move by Mark Sanchez to do that. Right. Uh, um, Garcia came out today, though, and I'm not going to say he blasted Tim Tebow because he didn't. So media, stop saying he blasted Tim Tebow. What he said, and I quote, he said, if there's going to be a competition at the quarterback position, it's not going to come from Tim Tebow. Having Tim Tebow here last season just became a distraction, more of a circus. It's their decision, but from an outsider looking and having Tebow there doesn't bring anything positive. It just brings a distraction. 
He goes on to say, when you're a quarterback, you don't need artificial competition, and it's not fair to Tim Tebow to put him through this. If there's a place for Tim Tebow that gives him a chance to be a contributor in an offense with another team, let him be that guy. So he's saying the competition has to come from um, Greg McElroy and David Garrard. It can't come from Tim Tebow because that's not going to do anything to push Mark Sanchez in a competition. We both read the comments this morning. We spoke about this uh, pre-show, Mike. We both agreed with it. Well, I, I, you know, <laughs> I think my comment was, thank you, Jeff, for stating the obvious. Yeah. Um, there isn't really anything here, <laughs> excuse me, that I think Jeff Garcia said that um, was necessarily enlightening. Um, I think it was. I think it was the obvious. Oh, look, Jonathan, you and I both don't think. We've both said this. We don't think Tim Tebow is going to be here at the beginning of training camp for your he, for your Jets. He can't be. He can't be. I mean, look, what do you got right now? To Tim Tebow. It's, it's really not fair to Tim Tebow what the not. Jets are doing to him. It's not. I, I, I honestly feel bad for Tim Tebow. You know, listen. He's not if he a could, bad guy. We saw what he did with the Broncos. He could possibly do that with a team that's not in the spotlight. Maybe, I, the, Raiders, I, I, for, maybe the Jags. Who knows? But there's even been chat that he could work something out with an arena league or with a with, with a Canadian football team. Let him go do that, for God's sake. Yeah, who knows? Maybe he wants to preach more. Maybe he wants to do more church work. That would possibly be <laughs> good. No, but seriously, that would possibly be good. You know, good opportunity because the arena football league is not as competitive and it's not as hard on you as the NFL is. Yeah. Let him do it. What the hell? Why not? You know, and it's not fair. To Tim Tebow, and let me tell you, I totally 100% agree with the comments that Jeff Garcia made, and no media and no fans of the Jets and Tim Tebow, he's not blasting Tim Tebow, so get your head out of your asses. Yeah, uh, no, you're absolutely right, he's not. No, In he's, fact, I think if anything, he's backing he's him. He's for Mark Sanchez, you know. Yeah, he's backing him, if anything, really. He's saying give him the opportunity. Uh, look, you've got four quarterbacks right now on your roster, am I correct? Is it four? Uh, right now, I think it's five. I think, Is it five? Uh, yeah, because I believe Matt Sims is still around over there somewhere on the uh, practice squad. So. Listen, what, 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 one of these things doesn't belong with the other, right? I mean, we, I think we know which one it is. No. <laughs> but then again, that also takes up a spot on the roster. Who knows if they could have went out and signed, say, somebody like a Kevin Cobb if that spot was open, you know? You never know. I, I mean, it's just – listen, I, I like John Idzik. I think he's doing a phenomenal job. With the Revis situation, I think he's doing a phenomenal job plugging up holes. I have to tell you this, though, Mike. I don't think what's going on with Tim Tebow is is up to John Idzik. I'm going to tell you right now, this is all stemming from Woody Johnson. Well, you might be right there. I would agree. I think if this was fully run by John Idzik, Tim Tebow would have been gone weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. You know what? Let's bring in Uncle Mark with us. What do you think, Mike? Absolutely. Uncle Mark, what's going on, bud? Hey, man, how you doing now? We're doing what good, is, man. It's been a long time since we've uh, heard from you. Yeah, well, yeah. What an awesome, awesome broadcast you guys have here. I mean, Thank you. what a tremendous, tremendous uh, guest there uh, from the Marlins. I learned a lot about that squad. And uh, the Tebow thing is, uh, oh, that's some fun chatter. Some fun chatter here for NFL. Uh I don't know. Just listening, you know, just but sitting back, having fun listening. Well, all right. We we appreciate you tuning in with us. Yeah. Uh, Thanks a lot, Mark. Yep. 
I guess we just put him back on hold there for a yeah, moment. Yeah, he was, he was breaking up a little bit on my end, so hopefully yeah. uh, everybody yeah. else was able to hear him. Yeah. Seems to be uh, the problem every now and then. So. Yeah. Um, Let's go into NBA real quick, and then we'll end the show here, Mike. We went a little bit over an hour today, which is good. I'm sure the fans enjoyed it. Absolutely. No, we, we had a feeling that was going to happen since we were going to – we knew we weren't going to get Dan on until – Well, that, when we start talking about uh, steroids and uh, baseball, we kind of go over the limit where we want to go with it. Yep, yep, um, yep. Big game last night. Knicks uh, playing the Bulls, 13-game win streak. It was snapped in OT. Knicks played a good game, uh, even though their you know, roster is full of injuries right now. They still played a very good game, but they lost in overtime 118-111 to the New York Knicks. Former Nick Nate Robinson scored a season-high 35 points for the Bulls. Um, Mike, it's still, I mean, they still played a very good game. They're right outside of the playoffs. How important are these games, win or lose, for the Knicks right now? Um... I don't. Well, you tell me, man. I don't know if they're really all that important at all. I mean, my gosh, you're holding the second spot right now in the uh, in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, clinched the Atlantic Division. That's it. Yeah. You know, I mean, champions. I mean, you know, if anything, a morale thing, Jonathan. I mean, you know what? You're 13 games in a row, right? Oh well, yeah, 13. Well, it's it's definitely good for morale, Mike. But at the same time, I think you use this to get certain players into a groove right before the playoffs. That being Jarrah Smith, Jason Kidd, Chris Copeland, Pablo Prigioni, Steve Novak, guys that you're going to have to depend on right now because Canby, Kenyon Martin, Tyson Chandler, they've been out. Those guys are going to play in the playoffs, Mike, but you still, this is a great opportunity to get these guys into a groove before the starters come back. Okay, you say groove, I'm going to say this. You do not want to be burning out. I mean, we've talked about the age of your team before. I wouldn't necessarily be encouraging burning these guys out as you go into a tough, long playoff season. Yeah, well, the only guy of age right now that's actually playing any type of significant minutes is Jason Kidd because Kidd. everybody else is injured. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they got they waived Chris uh, Kurt Thomas the other day, and uh, I believe they signed uh, Chris Singleton. So he's going to be on the roster with them. Mm-hmm. Um, last played with the Washington Wizards a couple of years ago. Uh, don't know where he's been since then, somewhere overseas or in a development league. I'm not entirely sure. But they get a little younger there. Yeah, yeah. That helps out because he's only, I believe, 23 years old. So definitely helps him out. It wasn't an important game to the fact that they needed to win it to get into the 14-game win streak and continue going into the playoffs. No, because they clinched the Atlantic Division. They set out to do what they do, 50-plus wins. Now it's time to get some players on a little bit of a groove right now. Mm-hmm. That's what it's perfect for. So let's look at the standings right now. If the playoffs started today, it would be Miami versus Milwaukee in the first round, Knicks, Celtics, Hawks, Pacers, Nets, Bulls out in the Eastern Conference. Really good matchups. They are. Uh, out in the Western Conference, though, of course, we're going to have a lot more fun with this. The Lakers actually would make the playoffs, Mike, to face Oklahoma City Thunder in the first round. To me... I see Lakers going out real quick in the first round. I would, too. Rockets and Spurs, Nuggets and Warriors, Clippers and Grizzlies. All real exciting matchups, Mike. Yeah, it, 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 looks, like, it looks like it's shaping up to be a really, really, uh, let's put it this way, fair, even, and hard-fought playoff season in uh, the NBA. Yeah. It's going to be entertaining. I think a lot of and, people who don't really watch the NBA playoffs, I think they're really going to tune into it. With regard to uh, the Lakers there, uh, Jonathan, I agreed with you, but I'll, I'm agreeing with you only on, on, on one of your points there. Uh, the Lakers will not beat the Oklahoma City Thunder, but I don't know if it's going to be a quick series. 
I see the Lakers giving them a bit of a fight just for the sake of giving them a fight. I, I say it goes to five games, six games tops. Uh, I would say six, minimally. Yeah. Minimally six. I'll, uh, let me tell you, because uh, John's asking about the uh, Celtics-Knicks round. I, I, I love it, man. I, I, I think that, you know, from what I saw of the Knicks this year playing the Celtics, the Asian Celtics, you know, it's going to go to uh, possibly a six- to seven-game series over there, but I see the Knicks walking out with it. I, I think they just have the better players right now. Finally against the Celtics in the playoffs. So. I'll tell you what I like about it. It's classic. <laughs> it is It is classic. If you look at all the other matchups, this is the classic matchups. It's classic. Uh, Leary even said it himself, Nixon 7. I think it's going to be Nixon 6. But, um, you know, I think as soon as the playoff brackets are set in stone, Mike, you and me need to uh, go through them and uh, put out our predictions. Oh, absolutely we'll do that. I have no, no, absolutely. We wouldn't think of doing anything less. Absolutely. Uh, real quick, let me get your read on a report that came out here in the Philadelphia area yesterday with regard to uh, Doug Collins. Uh, Doug Collins, uh, the head coach for the Philadelphia 76ers, has one year remaining on his contract. Uh, very, very reputable reporter here from the Philadelphia Inquirer uh, reported that – Howard Eskin? No, it was not Howard Eskin. <laughs> uh, reported that uh, his sources – indicated on the inside of the management of the 76ers, indicated management would not be, would not be disappointed if Doug Collins said, uh, you know something, guys, I don't want to come back next year. Wow. All right. How do you now, feel about does that? that, does, that does that get a, does that get a, uh, you know, uh, uh, do you think that the ownership should be working to try to keep this guy? I mean, consider what happened to this team this year. Um, you know, with the whole Andrew Bynum situation, it, it almost seems like uh, that report would indicate ownership and management are in some way or another blaming Collins. What, what's your read? I, you know what? I, I, I really don't know what's going to go on with that. I, I feel bad for Doug Collins in a way, but at the same time, I think this team is just in, in such shambles right now. I think once they start getting in newer players, I think they're going to have to have a new coach lead them. So. I, I don't know if it's not the Sixers aren't playing for Doug Collins or Doug Collins gave up since Andrew Bryan went out. I I, I really don't know, Mike. You know, yeah, it, I mean, it's you just know, been a real mess in Philadelphia with your Sixers. Some of the analysis has been that okay, fine, the team was built around a, a you know a guy who never even put the uniform on. All right, we understand all that, but that doesn't explain the fact that this team was so inconsistent with even the guys that they did have. Number one and number two. Uh, that they just didn't play defense. No. They, there was no excuse for it. And I'm sorry, but even with Andrew Bynum, maybe you make the eighth spot. I still don't see it, Mike. Wow. Because they really needed to be seven games better than Milwaukee to even tie for the eighth spot. Right. Would Bynum and his skill have made the 76ers a 10-game win record better? Just don't uh, – I think if we had been able to see the Andrew Bynum that played last year in Los Angeles, yeah, I think you would have seen ten games easily. Well, it's easy to play like that, Mike, when uh, you got one of the game's best players. Well, 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 you asked me the question, I'm answering it. Yeah. Would Bynum, had he played the way he did last year, yeah, I think we would have seen ten games better. Yeah, I don't think so. But totally, totally don't think so. You know, listen, that's 2020 quarterbacking at this point. Oh well, yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, Mike. Well, I guess. That's it for our show today. Uh, with a little bit over an hour, uh, we want to thank Dan from RageAgainstTheMarlins.com for joining us. Check it out. Dan, like we said, 
keep it going, make some noise, and don't give up. Absolutely. Um, Get out there in front of that ballpark. Even tonight with my fills down there. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Um, big show on us for Wednesday, Mike. Yes, we do. joined by an Olympic medalist, and that's the captain of the U.S. women's national hockey team, Natalie Darwitz. Really, really looking forward to that. Had some conversations with her over email. Awesome, awesome woman. And uh, we're going to find out about the U.S. national hockey team, what it's like being a captain, winning a medal in the Olympics, yep, and so much more. So uh, definitely looking forward to that. Uh, tune in on t- uh, 12 p.m. Eastern time on Wednesday for that show. Um, tomorrow... Frat House Saturday right here on the Fan Junkies Radio Network. 1 p.m., Mike? 1 p.m. tomorrow. 1 p.m. tomorrow. So uh, make sure you come in. Maybe even give Mike a call and help him out tomorrow. On, uh, Absolutely. He loves phone calls. So I give do. Him a call. I do. Maybe Uncle Mark should join you on that program. I think so. Uncle Mark, if you're listening, join Mike tomorrow on Frat uh, House. I'll see tomorrow. Whether he's, uh, yeah, I'll have to check his schedule, see if we can get him in. Well, somebody's got to join you, Mike. Maybe I'll even give you a call tomorrow. Who knows? There you go. I'll be around possibly tomorrow, so we'll see what happens. But, yeah, like I said, um, Natalie Darwitz, uh, captain of the U.S. National Hockey Team, on Wednesday at 12 o'clock, tomorrow, Frat House Saturday at 1 p.m. And also, remember, 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 big, big stuff here on May 8th, our 100th episode. We're going two hours. Yep. 12 to 2, and we're going to be joined by multiple guests. One right off the bat, we're going to tell you we are going to be rejoined by former NHL referee Kerry Frazier. Real excited about that. One of the best guests we've ever had on Junkies Radio. Kerry is just a total, total class act. And uh, we're proud to say here that he's a friend of uh, Fan Junkies Radio. uh, And funny stories. Funny stories. And that's what we're going to do because we wanted to speak to Kerry for a lot longer than what we had him on for the last time. So we're going to make Kerry tell us some good stories. Yep. On our 100th episode, and that's uh, May 8th. At... Yeah, warm him up. Warm him up in advance. Tell him, hey, this is a big, big anniversary kind of show for he us. Knows he knows it. Yep, he knows that. it. We're looking for the best stories he can possibly bring to us, even if he has to make them up. Yes. And also, May 6th, <laughs> the Monday before our 100th episode, the 99th episode, we're going to be joined by WIFL owner Ray Blanchett right after the tryouts in Florida. We're going to get a little bit of an update on the league. Uh, and by that time, we're going to have some news on some franchises and uh, some new arenas bringing into the fold that uh, the WIFL will be using, Mike. So That's right. You weren't able to join us for that first interview. No, I won't, and uh, I will be there for that one. I'll make sure because I have some pot shots for Ray. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're talking garbage about me when I was sick, but uh, no, Ray's a good friend. So, uh, yeah, we'll be joined by Ray Blanchett as well on the 99th episode that Monday before the 100th episode. Um, still in some talks with some other guests for other shows. Uh, some really big names, Mike. I'm very, very happy about it. Um, unfortunately can't tell you because I don't want to get your hopes up. Yeah, right. And, you know, they're busy at the same time, so we don't know if it's going to be set days or not. It's going to be up to them, but uh, we'll definitely be filling everybody in as well. So remember now, this Wednesday coming up, Natalie Darwitz, captain of the U.S. National Hockey's women's team, is going to be joining us at 12 p.m. And tomorrow, Frat House Saturday with our very own Mike McShane here on Fan Junkies Radio Network. As always, check out FratHouseSports.net. A new Frat House, uh, five minutes to Frat House went up today. Yep. Check it out over there, FridaySports.net. And as always, please, FanJunkies.net. That's our home base. It's a sports social networking site for sports fans. Jump on there, sign up. It's 100% free. Join us for live game day and game night chats for any team. Join the team groups of your favorite teams. And just so much more going on over at FanJunkies. And, uh, yeah, sign up. We'd really appreciate it. You got it. So, for Mike McShane, I'm Jonathan Raggis. Thank you for joining us for Fan Junkies Radio. And we'll see you all tomorrow for Friday Saturday at 1 p.m.
right here on Fan Junkies Radio. Catch you then.